right, we're recording. Hi, this is Mark with uh, Plot Points Podcast on a kind of overcast Sunday morning. Uh, I am with, excited to be with, uh, a good friend and uh, a remarkable person. Her name is Michelle Manu. Hello, Michelle. Hi. Hi. This is uh, Michelle's second appearance on the podcast, or third, I can't remember, but um, she is always amazing. Let me give you a little background on her. There's, there's plenty of information on the internet, including her website, michellemanu.com. But um, she's a 10th degree black belt in uh, Lua. Uh, she's an actress, fight choreographer, uh, Polynesian dancer, and teacher. Um, the, the thing, I mean, there's many more things in here, but one of the things that I was really interested in and maybe uh, Michelle can talk a little bit to it at some point, but it's uh, from her biography. She's rep- she's repped by a company named Icon- Economy, I-C-O-N-O-M-Y. And on that website, there's uh, this – did you write the bio for, for the website or did somebody else? No, I didn't. Um, it's actually Deborah Morales, who's the manager for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, as well as several other um, – I think former NBA players. So uh-huh. they, yeah, her and her team wrote that. Well, here's what I really kind of keyed in on. It said, uh, for the everyday woman, Michelle Luz uses the hula, lua, metaphysics, and wellness to teach self-empowerment through the Butterfly Effect program, formerly the She Superhero Experience program. Michelle strongly believes and, and can show that lua and hula and lomi lomi are the same use of energy. Lua is full contact to bind and dislocate. Lomi Lomi is contact to heal, and Luhula is no contact storytelling. So all of those are really fascinating. I know you're very spiritual, you're very deep uh, in your thinking and your approach, uh, but tell me a little bit about Hula and how you use Hula to, to you. Uh, does Hula help in your storytelling other, other, besides just in dancing? Uh, yeah, and it helps us, I mean, not just connect with our energy and our body because most of us are disconnected. Um, it also, there is a program that's kicking off uh, up north a little bit in the Thousand Oaks, Simi Valley area where Hula heals. Mm. And there's Parkinson's um, patients that, you know, come in in walkers, they fall during class, um, and they're really experiencing, especially the men, which is, it blows my mind to watch it transform. But to get them to use their entire bodies and uh, watch their lower half signal to the upper half and they're do they're moving in different ways, it's been very healing for them. But I think it's also um, to show the full contact of Lua. If someone isn't, um, you know, we all have, you're a martial artist, you're high ranking mm-hmm. martial artist. You know, there's some techniques that tend to be a little bit more difficult for our mind and body to, to, to embrace. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when that happens, I use the Hula to show the storytelling movement, uh, the ritualistic movement in order to help with the combat movement. Lomi Lomi, which is the healing modality of the Hawaiian people to heal. So Lua would be to dislocate in times of combat. uh, And Lomi Lomi would be the time to repair and heal. And Hula is extremely important as there was no, you know, spoken language. Mm -hmm. History was told through generations uh, before the visitors through the hula. Um, Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the lomi lomi part, the healing part, is especially important to you right now because, uh, <laughs> as I as I said before the podcast, you never do anything half-assed, and you you went and broke your ankle in two places. 
right? Yeah. Yes, they did. Yes, yeah. they did. I Good sit here you. with this. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> I sit here with this. 50 pound and unforgivable cast from my knee down at this time. So, yeah, the, which, you know, the first, when you texted me about this and you sh- you sent me a picture, um, it, it was shocking to me because you're so physical in so many uh, parts of your world. You, you, you teach, um, you work out a lot. Uh, you had just started a stretching class. Um, I sure did. And you had all these, you had uh, seminars in Munich and Zurich and mm-hmm. San Francisco and Hawaii. I mm-hmm. mean, you had, you had your next, the next three months of your life uh, planned out. And so if I break a leg, I'm pretty much still in operation. I mean, maybe not an arm, but a leg, I'm okay. How do you cope with that mentally? Well, I mean, I, I can't lie quite difficult um uh, just i mean you, you know when it happened it's it, it was inexplicable to me i have been in so many different locks sometimes mm. by multiple men with poundage on top of that lock and binding that we talk about that dislocation mm-hmm. and because of my hula up on my toes you know really low um institution as well not just the hawaiian it's uh, it was inexplicable to me how this happened going into somewhat of a, a minor slide move, uh, shift, shifting of weight, which is I'm I that's what I live by and body weight. I hate the gym. <laughs> you know everything is very calculated. I use the wall. I use the floor. Right. And I've seen happened, I've seen your videos of you using the wall. I told you <laughs> to keep you. your feet off the walls of the dojo because you got we have footprint your footprints on the wall. <laughs> I probably should have the, the you know the students clean it off, but it's not that bad. You make it <laughs> no. sound like it's just like black marks all over. But no, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. You know, I I, I let go. I, I purposely hit the ground because I I heard a, a crack, and um, then the lightning bolt shot up the leg, and oh, I thought, oh my, my god. god, what? So in that millisecond, um, I just thought, why now? Why me? How did this just happen? And so there's all these thoughts that come through your head, and um, you know, you're just like, okay, just get to the emergency room. You know, that's not bad. <laughs> and then you guy get there and they're like, what's your pain? You know, zero to 10. I said zero. And they said, you're in shock. We need to give you some morphine. I said, absolutely not. Just oh take God. the damn x-ray. And in the end, I broke two bones. And so, you know, it, uh, I think, you know, I wanted to read something. Um, from Stephen Pressfield, his latest book, which would be the um, War of Art. And um, I think even when we're well, which we take for granted, I can't drive till the end of next month. I miss driving. I'm I'm fiercely independent and it drives me crazy that I'm stuck here and I, and I have to just ask what is purpose. And I think that we, we, we do take it for granted, but um, there's this resistance that we all have. And, and, and he's specifically, Stephen is specifically, he's a writer and he talks about everything that gets in our way from doing what we're, we're so strongly led to do, um, which we know we do. And we know we feel that we feel the anxiety, we feel the pull, we can't really relax until we start moving in that direction. And so in one portion of his book, it's, uh, resistance is insatiable. And, uh, he writes, resistance will tell you anything to keep you from doing your work. It will fabricate, falsify, seduce, bully, conjole. Resistance is protein. It will assume any form if that's what it takes to deceive you. It will reason with you like a lawyer or jam a nine millimeter 
in your face like a stick-up man. Resistance has no conscience. It will pledge anything to get a deal, then double-cross you as soon as your back is turned. If you take resistance at its word, you deserve everything you get. Resistance is always lying and always full of shit. So I just think that that's... um, that's what we're up against in our own mind and, and, you know, the programming that I am undoing right now, my normal life, um, the psychosis that comes with uh, an athlete that's not able to move, the inability to get up and even, you know, pistol squatting to use the ladies room, you know, I mean, like <laughs> the, all of these things that um, I'm dealing with now is going to be an, an amazing reminder of when I am able to move and I am recovering when resistance does show its face, whether it's in the form of a loved one or my regular job during the day or anything, I'm going to overcome that <laughs> very easily because I'm stuck here, uh, unable to live my life, make an impact on others. So I highly suggest the book. It's quite comical um, and we can all relate. And it really does help screenwriters and writers as a whole um, to just blow through that, to identify it and blow through that resistance. I am with a wonderful human being, uh, Michelle Manu, who is a multiple, uh, a multiply accomplished person who does martial arts, acting, stunt coordination, um, she's an attorney, et cetera, et cetera. You can find her all over. Uh, her representation is through a company called Iconomy, I-C-O-N-O-M-Y, and also michellemanu.com. And she's got a few other things in the works, uh, including a new, uh, I don't know, is it a new martial arts system or just a, is this, this is your martial arts system, right? It is. I, I lost my teacher um, in July of last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with that, there always comes some fractures in, in the family. And, um, you know, I already started probably about five years ago teaching the hula, which my teacher did not teach. Yes, mm-hmm. he told us to go out and learn, you know, medicine and, and massage and uh, woodworking and um, hula on our own. Like they mm-hmm. already had that. So, you know, all of us now that have been given the permission to teach, um, he said, make it your own. I, I give you the ingredients and you will cook it differently. You will season it differently, but it will still be the same recipe. And so I'm taking his words and, and the trust that he had in, in me, and I'm moving it forward to incorporate two other lineages of Lua as well as the ancient. The new system is called Kakoa, which just means the warriors. Um, and it's, uh, of course, both genders and um, you know, no one will be excluded, but there is a screening process. So mm. Uh, it's exciting to be able to be trusted by the other two, three line- two lineages and, and one with a, a historian for the Maoli, the ancient, to be able to put all of this together in an officer ranking type of system. Mm. Well, so, you know, Michelle is also uh, the only, as far as I know, woman accepted uh uh, it's, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not doing this right. She's the only woman to be given the designation of Knight Commander of the Royal Order of Kamehameha. Uh, so that that's quite an accomplishment. If anybody's qualified to do this, it would certainly be you. Oh, well, thank you. It's um...
All right, so uh, let's get a little film work done here. Uh, we I tasked Michelle with the uh, with the uh, task, I guess, to come up with her five top female lead action films. What did you come up with, Michelle? Well, I failed because, uh, well, one, I don't watch TV. The irony of that. Um, well, now I do because I'm, I'm bedridden here and, and couch surfing, but, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, there's not really many female lead action movies that I've been able to see. I mean, we, we, I came up with a list. I mean, I really, really enjoyed Atomic Blonde. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlize yeah, because Snarren. it was, the, oh yeah, I think she did a fantastic job. Yeah, she's very uh, physically gifted, uh, in many, many ways. Yeah. Well, it was also the fight choreography. I mean, to use a garden hose that by far was my favorite scene when she was in the flat in the second story flat and me actually use the same hose she's whipping these guys with and, you know, to, to actually escape. And uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was a fantastic movie. Um, I like that it was set in Germany. Um, uh, Wonder Woman, of course, because oh, there's yeah. not much to choose from. Um, I really didn't care for it the first time I saw it. I mean, obviously the special effects are, are wonderful, but, you know, that whole softness that she showed and falling in love. And then I realized it was, um, you know, it was actually her transformation, finding her way, learning more about life, which is really what we all should aspire to do, right? Mm-hmm. Through Absolutely. The way, yeah, through experiences. Um, Kill Bill, of course. Um, mm. That was a really great movie. It's just, you know, it's classic Quentin, right? But um, I loved the, the mobile home scene fight was like my favorite with Daryl Hannah. Um, that was a really good fight scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Haywire, uh, you know, with Gina Carano, I, there's one scene in the diner where you can really see the years of her actual martial training in Muay Thai. And I just, you know, she's not a Charlize Theron, but she was, that was a really great scene. And I think it wakes everyone up when they see that it's not just, you know, a, a cor- it's choreographed, but the timing and the execution of it was just beautiful. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie. I'm looking forward to seeing it though, based on your recommendation. Yeah. And then of course, again, not lead, but uh, I mean, lead actress, but not the lead is it, Trinity by far in the matrix. That opening scene just had me memorized where she ran sideways across the wall. Yeah. It's got brilliant. into her signature fly, the slow motion and the front thrust kick. I mean, throughout the entire movie and the other sequels, it's just like crisp, very Hong Kong-ish, very mm-hmm. Kung Fu, but um, modern. And she, you know, Carrie Ann Moss, she did a great job. And, and she truly no one else, did. Yeah, there's no one else in this world that could have played that role uh, as well as she, she did. And as well, well as she's doing now in what form? Yeah, yeah. 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 She's not the lead, obviously, but uh, no. definitely a huge part. I show that opening to my intro class at the very beginning because it's an incredible opening scene. Um, introduces that world, that character does so much for the movie. Uh, I, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I had I had no problem coming up with five. I could have probably come up with 20. Of but, course uh, you could. <laughs> well, I mean, but you probably, you may know some of these, uh, even though you don't think you do, but Salt, did you see Salt with? Oh, um, I did see Salt, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Alien? Yes. And I did have Wonder Woman on my list. Um, and also, uh, Underworld with, um, 
Oh, Kate Beckinsale. Yes, I didn't see that. Oh, it's wonderful. It's one of my favorite film franchises. She's incredible in, in it. Wow. Okay, I have to watch it. And then I, I kind of picked a wild card. Charlie's Angels, the ones with the one with. Um, oh yeah. Lucy Liu and uh, Drew Barrymore. I, I thought that was excellent. I thought they did a great job. There's a scene in there with Drew Barrymore where she's tied to a chair that just is an amazing, very well choreographed. So. I agree. Plus, I agree. Okay. So those were five just off the top of my head, but I mean, there are many, many more. And I like your list too. Um, so I'm going to watch, definitely watch Hell, Haywire and um, see what that, that's all about. But um, anyway, great, great list. Um, I am going to uh, put those up in the show notes uh, with uh, hashtags so that you can find them on um, Libsyn. We're, we're hosted by Libsyn. I also, we're also on iTunes or whatever they're calling it now, uh, Apple Podcasts and a bunch of other places. Plus you can reach us on plotpoints.com, which is the website that supports the podcast. And uh, if you have any questions, comments, you want to get in touch with anybody on the podcast or myself or uh, have anything just for in general, you can call 919-SCRIPTS, that's 919-SCRIPTS, and um, it's a Google Voice number. You can leave a message and, and we will return your call, or there's a contact form on the website. Um, so that's, um, we're, we're, we're running long, but I want to, I want to throw this out there because I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, we, I do a profile if I can every week on writers, on great screenwriters or writers. And, um, there's somebody that maybe you don't know about. Um, I think Michelle will find this interesting because this woman is so accomplished. She's so amazing. Her name is Frances Marion. So let me, let me, this is a prepared, it, you know, I take a couple hours and I write this down because I'm never as articulate, um, you know, extemporaneously as I am as a writer. <laughs> so, um, so many people are spoken of as being groundbreaking. Screenwriter Frances Marion is truly one of them. During her enormous career, she wrote 187, some say up to 300 scripts, starting in silent film. Born in 1888 in San Francisco, Frances Marion became proficient in art in school. Once her school was destroyed in the 1904 earthquake, she dropped out, worked as a photographer's assistant and a model. Multi-talented, even at a young age, legendary filmmaker Lois Weber hired her as a writing assistant and actress. She was so good and photogenic that she could have carved out a career in acting alone, but chose to write for the screen. Marion impressed World Films owner William Brady by recutting an unusable film that starred Brady's daughter. This resulted in a job offer and in Marion eventually becoming head writer at World Films. She wrote upwards of 50 movies there. In 1917, the hit Poor Little Rich Girl starring Mary Pickford and written by Marion cemented Marion's future as she became the official screenwriter for legendary star Pickford, who started the company United Artists, the studio. According to Columbia University, quote, Marion maintained ongoing collaborations with Mary Pickford, Irving Thalberg, and William Randolph Hearst. She excelled at writing scripts that accentuated the strengths of specific actors and is often credited with defining the careers of Marie Dressler, Greta Garbo, Marion Davies, and Pickford, as well as Pickford's husband, cowboy star actor Fred Thompson. Her Hollywood tenure was spent mostly in the screenwriting department at Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, where she worked closely with legendary producers Samuel Goldwyn and Irving Thalberg. 
Marion's relationships with writers, actors, directors, and executives, as well as the crew and staff, show an enormous generosity that extended beyond the position of power. Um, it, that's the end quote. And so it, in my mind, it's so nice to know that they're, they're, Hollywood can feature such people of talent and grace like her. Mm-hmm. She, she had, Marion had a socially conscious side that extended to women's suffragette, w- uh, writer's contract rights, and writer's working conditions. She was a war correspondent, a war correspondent in 1918, wow. filming women's contributions at the front for the government and became the first woman to cross the Rhine after the armistice. In addition to her hundreds of scripts, Marion acted, edited, directed, and produced films. She also wrote textbooks on script writing, as well as dozens of novels, plays, articles, and more. Her numerous awards include two Academy Awards for writing, which also make her the first woman to win an Oscar. At the time, she was the highest paid writer in Hollywood, male or female, earning today's equivalent of $40,000 a week. She was married four times and retained a lifelong friendship with Mary Pickford, even doing a double honeymoon when both women got married around the same time. Independently wealthy, Frances Marion retired from Hollywood in 1946 and devoted the rest of her life to novels and stage plays. She died in 1973 of a ruptured aneurysm. Sometimes called the woman who gave Hollywood its voice, no one article or even series of articles can tell Marion's story properly. But to paraphrase Socrates, if a life well lived can be said about anyone, that anyone would be Francis Marion. There's a, a great book called Without Lying Down, and I'm not sure what that references, um, by Carrie Beauchamp about Marion and some of the early women pioneers of film, uh, if anyone's interested. I think it, it's really an excellent book if you're interested in uh, Hollywood history. So Frances Marion, just amazing, uh, an amazing <laughs> accomplished woman. Uh, she reminds me a lot of you. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm deserving of that, Mark, but thank you. Yeah. There's much more to be done. Yeah, of course. Uh, but like, like you're, you know, you're going through some rough times right now, but boy, I'm just, I'm a big, I'm a Manu fan, big Manu fan here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big, big Mark fan, but I agree with you. I mean, I think all of us, that's, you know, goes back to the resistance, whatever you want to name it. Um, it's, it's very real. It's very strong. And I think that the only limitations that we all have are the ones we do place on ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's always going to be external resistance and people with their comments and the haters. And, and, and we really can't focus on that. We must keep, we must focus on moving forward. Right. It's about just, I, I don't know. I don't know what kind of blindness you have to have, but you just have to have that blindness that says, mm-hmm. I don't know what I can't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, or what I can do. And I'm going to, I'm going to explore that. And then no matter what that is, I tell my students this all the time. They don't believe, I don't think they believe they can sell a script. And as long as that's sitting in their, in their inbox, they're never going to sell a script because they're, it doesn't matter how talented they are. They don't actually think they can do it. Or maybe they're just not willing to, you, you've sacrificed a lot over your career. Um, yeah, that's right? true. And, and yeah, I mean, I've been threatened and, um, mm-hmm. there's a lot that goes on with, uh, trying to exemplify in the culture what our, our foremothers, uh, were in, in, in virtue. They may not have my face. I'm half Scandinavian. I'm mixed mm-hmm. too now, but the power that came through the foremothers, um, that the people relied upon, that's my job. And, you know, if, if some of the men are uncomfortable with that, it, I'm not there to do, I'm here to work in cooperation. 
Yeah, well, you're fighting, you're fighting a lot of entrenchment. Um, yes. And not only, not only male, uh, entrenchment, but also traditional entrenchment. Um, this is Mark Sevy. I'm, uh, happy to be here at On Plot Points podcast. You can reach us, boy, there's a, a bunch of places, but plotpoints.com is the easiest one because there's a phone number, 919 scripts, and also a contact form. We're on uh, Libsyn, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, uh, just a whole, whole bunch of places. And, um, if you, if you need to contact us, go to any of those places and use the contact form or the phone number. Uh, also, uh, ocscreenwriters.org. I think I changed it to org from .com, but ocscreenwriters.org and ocfilmandtelevision.org. So for my lovely and wonderful and amazing friend, Michelle Manu, uh, and myself, uh, we wish that, that all of you, uh, be inspired, do good work. Mm -hmm. yes. Thank you. Thank you.